The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 38, Spiritual Self-Care and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show, the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey of their own. I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'd like to personally thank you today for taking the time to join us for some leadership discussion and learn how we are operating our online businesses behind the scenes. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host. He's Michael Tanner. Michael, my friend, how are you doing this week, sir? Yeah, Stephen, I am good as always. How about you? I, I can't, you know, I can't complain because if I did, no one would listen to me. Nobody listens. No, I, well, yeah, you I, definitely I, I don't listen to me when I, I complain, I, <laughs> you know? That's true. But no, life's, true. life's pretty good, actually. I can't complain uh, uh, working a the only, good... Well, the only time I ever hear you complain is about the temperature there in Arizona yeah. anyway. It's I not mean, that bad today. Triple digit temperatures and all, but here you got 320 days of sunshine all year long. I, I feel really, really bad for you. We're up two degrees since last I showed you my phone. Oh, my goodness, 102 now. 102. Wow. So um, it's it's actually a, a, a cool 102 uh, compared cool. to what it... Yeah, because it's a dry heat. That's why. Yeah, that's right. So is the oven with your head in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's correct, sir. Yeah. So the dry heat, uh, hot is hot. I think after we get done today recording, I'm going to go hop into the pool. But you know, the pool out here in the middle of the afternoon... It's on like warm bath water. Yeah, it is. It's like getting into a, it's like getting into a jacuzzi. Yeah, I bet. You know, bet. The, the pool is about 93 degrees, maybe. It's pretty warm. Wow. It's pretty warm. You don't, you don't, you know, when you get in a pool that's kind of cold and you go, ooh, you shiver? It's like, you don't do that here. Yeah, you don't do that here in, in Georgia. I mean, you, uh, you get in the pool and it's maybe high 70s. It's crisp. Low 80s. Yeah, it's, it'll wake you up. It'll definitely wake you up, right? Yeah, so, oh boy. So, good stuff, my friend. What, what do we got on tap today? Hey, so we've been on this self-care theme all month long here in the month of June. And so we've talked physical care. We've talked mental self-care and emotional self-care. This week, we're going to talk about spiritual self-care as well. And so I I think probably what we need to do as a part of this podcast is is, uh, start maybe with a disclaimer. We're going to talk about spiritual self-care but Stephen nor I, in, as a part of this podcast, we're not trying to convert anyone, whatever faith or religion you might be currently, or maybe you don't even have what you consider to be a faith or a religion. It is not our intention as a part of this podcast to convert you. We, we will likely talk about what is our faith and belief and, and so forth as it, as it uh, pertains to spirituality here uh, in the podcast, but our intention is to connect the dots for you as as it relates to the importance of spiritual self-care and your leadership. Our intention is not to convert you. In fact, I'm of, well, I know we both are. We're, we're of the Christian faith, and that's just not how 
conversion works in the Christian faith. Faith, I can't convert you. Um, all uh, the only way that that happens is uh, through your belief, not some persuasion on my part. Uh, so that's not our intention. We just want to connect the dots for you on, in terms of what is spiritual self care, why is it important, and then just give you some tips that that we utilize for maintaining good, healthy, spiritual self-care. How's how's that sound to you, Stephen? That sounds really good to me. And, you know, spirituality can mean, you know, to us, it means one thing, right? But being spiritual can mean different things to different people. And wherever that place is for you uh, that you would classify or, or define as spiritual, that's what we're talking about for you. And if there is nothing that relates to that for you, that's cool too. Just insert another word instead of spiritual. It can be back to emotional self-care. It could be back to all different types of things, but this is about uh, how things like spirituality can impact you as a leader and cause you to just consider and think about things uniquely and differently. And whatever that means to you, that's cool with us uh, and not offended. Don't mean to offend, not uh, offended. And I think it's um, it, it's all in the eye of the beholder. So with that, I am ready to go, my friend. All right. Well, let's let's jump in then and, and let's talk about what is spiritual self-care or, or uh, you know, at least for, for you and I. I know I've got some notes here on, on what it is for me uh, to, ha- to take care of myself spiritually. Um, and for me, spiritual self-care, first and foremost, for me, especially this pertains to leadership, spiritual self-care for me, it is a source of truth, of absolute truth, right? Um, uh, I, you know, to me, truth isn't, uh, or we need to have a truth that is founded in absolute, right? It can't be a relative truth that we, uh, that we depend on for our leadership, and for me, this spiritual self-care or my faith, my religion, it provides for me this absolute truth, this source of absolute truth that I can rely upon in the midst of my leadership. Oftentimes, as leaders, we are, uh, you know, we're given these situations that without a, a, you know, an absolute source of right and wrong, an absolute source of truth, we could easily as leaders be swayed or persuade into, uh, you know, a, a, um, a, a bad decision or a bad choice that we might make. Um, you know, someone in my, on my team offends me. Should I forgive them and move on? Well, in my faith, there's an absolute truth that says, yes, you forgive them and you move on. Whereas my ego, my emotions, you know, or whatever, they're hurt, they're offended. And for me, I, well, no, 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 I'm not going to forgive that person. I'm going to hold a grudge against that person. Well, how well is that going to, or how is that going to impact my leadership if I hold a grudge against that person, right? But I can fall back on that foundation of truth that is in my spirituality that says, Uh, you know, that absolute truth that says, forgive that person. So first for me, it's just that foundation of truth and what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, I really, I really like the way you unpack that. And and similarly for me, 
uh, source of truth. I think of it as kind of, and these are synonyms, but a source of belief, a source of knowledge, a source of inspiration. Uh, it's it's hard to explain. Spirituality to me is it's you can define it, but when you try to try to uh, share emotion and feeling around it, if you're not a maybe a uh, a spiritual person who can can really see, feel, and understand that it might be difficult for people uh, to, mm-hmm. to connect with that. And, and I get that. That's why it's important as a leader that it, it takes all kinds. It takes all kinds to be in your tribe, to be part of the organization. And what being spiritual does for me is, is it reminds me that not everybody sees the world through my lens and because of that, they're not going to see the organization through my lens. They're not going to see the way I look at problems through my lens. They're not going to see ways I think about solving problems and, uh, and mediating conflict. And these things as a leader that we can often find ourselves in the middle of, they're not always going to see and understand that the way I do. That doesn't make them wrong. It just makes them different. And it's incumbent on us as a leader, as leaders to first of all, understand that second of all, to recognize that differences are a strength, not a weakness to our organization. And thirdly, recognize because of that, we're going to approach problems and solutions quite differently and that's okay. That's if we were all the same, thought the same, acted the same, it would be a, an oddly boring, unique life that would be much different than than what we have today. And and finally, what I'll say about that is is just from a spiritual standpoint, uh, you do a big, you do a talk, and a and a big part of your offering is around the golden rule, right? Right. The golden rule is rooted in the Bible. Yes. It's, 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 it's a huge part of the Bible. So a lot of people out there that may not be spiritual, but I would, I would say they all know what the golden rule is because we're taught that from young children. We just may not associate it with spirituality. And um, so there are a lot of, a lot of things in life that come from scripture, that come from the Bible, that come from uh, different, different spiritual uh, cultures and books that are in, intertwined in our everyday life in a very non-spiritual way. And it's just important to think about that. It's not so much where it comes from as much as it is the meaning and the impact it has on our lives and us as leaders to be better leaders. Yeah. Yeah. So true, Stephen, it, it, you know, and, and no matter what type of spirituality you proclaim or, or faith you proclaim, there's probably a, a book behind that faith or that religion. And, and again, for me and, and you, Christianity, it's the Bible behind that. Um, and for me, the Bible is, it, it's an incredible source of wisdom. But here's the reality I know as a Christian and a, and, a, and a staunch believer in the Bible, the Bible is not the only book of wisdom that's out there, right? And so there's other books that that have incredible amounts of wisdom in them. You know, what you mentioned earlier, the golden rule. To me, again, that's a that's an absolute eternal truth that you should treat others the way you would want to be treated. And it doesn't matter what scenario you're in. If you're in a leadership scenario, you still you should lead others the way you would want to be led. 
Uh, and, and so whether you find it in the Bible or you find it somewhere else, you're looking for that source of wisdom, that source of absolute and, and eternal truths that you can build your leadership upon. But on top of that, on top of that, for me, spiritual self-care, spiritual health is also a source of hope. Uh, you, you know, here we are, we're, gosh, what are we in month three, month four? This, this whole COVID thing, it started back in March, I think, right? Yeah. And I'm starting to lose count of how many days we've worked from home, worked remote and, and, and all of that. But you certainly recognize as a leader, if you've been a leader for any amount of time, there's going to be discouragement that comes your way. There's going to be, you know, chaos and difficult decisions and, and, and just burden. Leadership carries with it a burden. And leaders especially need a source of hope that basically says, you know what, no matter what comes our way, we're going to get through this, right? We're, we're in this together. We're going to get through this. And a leader needs that source of hope so that they can then convey that hope back to the team. You know, when something like this COVID uh, pandemic or, or who knows what it'll be next, but as a leader, when something comes our way that's unplanned or that's difficult and brings discouragement even to us as leaders, but especially brings discouragement to our team, we need some type of, of source of hope that we can, again, rest upon and say, yes, this may be difficult, but in the end, we're going to be okay. We'll be stronger for it in the end, whatever. Uh, but then we can convey that hope back to the team as well. So for me, this, this again, Christianity, the Bible talks about it. Uh, but for me, it, it's a huge source of hope such that I can say, no matter what tomorrow throws at me, I'll be okay. Uh, and, and as a leader, then I can convey that back to my team. Absolutely. And hope, let me expand on hope a little bit, because I think that's a great, a great um, uh, element of this as well as, and just think about life, think about life for a moment as a leader, as a human being, as a father, as a spouse, a husband, a wife, um, just imagine life without hope, right? Uh, hope you can derive hope from any number of things in life, from, from the Bible, from your parents, from your siblings, from your boss, from, from people you admire, people you look up to. Hope is not you know, relegated to one single source, but for me, Christianity and the Bible is a huge source of hope because you can't read the Bible and not be, not be swept away with the trials and tribulations, uh, especially in the old Testament of, of how we got to where we are today and not be inspired by hope. And just think about that as, as a leader without hope, what do you really have in life? What do you really have in your organization? Why do people get up in the morning if there's no hope? Why do people work hard if there's no hope? Hope for what? Well, hope to get promoted. I hope to make more money. I hope to have an impact. I hope to inspire others. I hope to become a leader. You know, if there's no hope, then what do you do with your life? Where's the direction you go? How do you 
get yourself to a point of being, uh, being desiring to move into a specific direction. Hope is the foundation that really takes you on that journey. And without it, it, without it, life is, life is not life. Life is something that, that I don't think any of us can really understand. And if you take a look around and you look at people without hope, I mean, real, real hope, right? I'm, I'm, there's a lot of people say, you know, things aren't going that great. I'm not talking about that. We all hit rough patches in our life. We all, we all have down times. We all have up times. But if you look around at the homeless, if you look around at the addicted, if you look around at people who have literally given up almost everything in their life due to an addiction or something negative that have lost, you've heard this term, he or she has lost all hope. And those are people that end up committing suicide. Those are the people that um, uh, just are disconnected from life itself in so many ways. And that's a sad place to be with no hope. So it may be a bad day, maybe a bad week. You may have some troubles at home. You may have, you know, a boss you don't like, like, or want to work for, but those are road bumps in life and spirituality for me. And this notion of hope is what allows me to look to tomorrow, to look to a better time that we can, get back on track. And, and hope is such a huge part of, of spirituality because it tells you what's possible and it tells you, uh, you know, without it, what is inevitable. And those are things that, that I think about when it comes to hope. Yeah. You know, that's so true. And, and again, as a, as a leader, you know, Stephen, I mean, it's, it's really, really important that we're on the lookout for team members that exhibit the behavior of lacking hope, right? So, so maybe they start to exhibit or using language that, that indicates to us that, that they're losing hope. And, and maybe it's because they're losing hope because we're in the middle of like a COVID pandemic, or, or maybe they're going through something on their own, a very personal matter that they start to exhibit these, uh, these behaviors of lack of hope. And again, as a leader for us, if we have this source of hope, then it's almost like it can become contagious, right? Because I have a, a source of hope, then I can encourage and, and, and I can, uh, you know, motivate and encourage those in my team that maybe are exhibiting behaviors that they, they don't have hope. Um, you know, this the conversation about hope, it reminds me, uh, Victor Frankel, wrote a book a long time ago called Man's Search for Meaning. Now, Victor Frankl, Frankl was a, um, he was a Jew in, a not, in one of the Nazi concentration camps. And he talks about what was it about those individuals that survived the Nazi concentration camps. And he talks about the individuals that survived had two things. They had a source of hope, right? They had this idea, this source of hope that things would be better, that they would get through this and things would get better. But he said the second thing was really, really key. The second thing that they had was they had, um, they were able to recognize current reality, right? So, so they, they weren't making up some, some 
you know, unreal utopia of hope in the future while denying reality, right? They were able to acknowledge the current reality. They're in a Nazi concentration camp. But even in the midst of that, understanding current reality, they could still maintain a, a hope in the future. And that's incredibly powerful, especially as a leader. Again, whatever pandemic hits us as a leader, we can acknowledge the reality of it, but we still have a hope that we, you know, our team is going to get through this. Right? So let's talk about, let's move into, well, why is this even important? So if I'm a leader of a team, why is spiritual self-care important? And the first thing I'm going to point out in, in this uh, topic is I've pointed out in all the other self-care topics we've talked about, and that is just simply this need as a leader for you to present the best possible version of yourself, right? We, we, we get enough rest and we exercise and we eat right so that we can pre physically present the best, you know, person we can be. And, you know, mentally and emotionally, we take care of ourselves so that we can present the best possible version of ourselves. And the same thing goes here for this spiritual self-care. It's all about we can present the best, you know, possible version of ourselves. But next to that, to me, again, is just the, the truth and the sense of right and wrong that spirituality provides for me as the foundation for my leadership. I believe that relative truth is insufficient as it relates to leadership. Um, you know, I may be in a leadership situation where, uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, something really out of the ordinary has happened in my team. And, and maybe I've got a team member that's got really belligerent and, and really, you know, just public with their belligerence or whatever it might be. And, and maybe it's gotten so bad that I have to, um, I have to let this person go. I have to fire this team member. And, you know, a relative truth in me would say, well, They've been so bad. You know, they've bad-mouthed me to the team and so forth. I'm going to go in there, and I'm just going to lay the hammer down. I'm just going to fire this guy. I'm going to walk him out the door, get rid of him. He's gone. He's done. That's a relative truth in my heart, right? That situation, in that situation, I would feel justified because that person's been so rude to me, I could be rude to them. However, the absolute truth and, and the, the spirituality that I have says, I need to treat that person the way I would want to be treated. And so even in that tough conversation of having to fire them, I'm going to maintain their dignity. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to uh, make statements that are personal attacks on them and so forth. And, and so you, you see how you can get into leadership situations where relative truth can be really dangerous. And so, again, you're seeking this source of absolute truth to be the foundation of your leadership. That's why, for me, it's so important. Yeah, and spirituality, and those are great points. Spirituality, for me, you know, as I just think through this, it, it really helps to ground me. It, and, again, you spoke of the golden rule, and you never can really overstate the importance of the golden rule. Such a fundamental in a rule, however, it is so, so applicable to everything we do in life and every facet of life and every relationship we have. It's, it's foundational, like credibility is, is the foundation of leadership. 
the golden rule is in some ways a foundation of, of spirituality and uh, in some ways. And, and what spirituality and why it's so important for me also is, is that it helps me and this as a leader, especially, but as a, as a father, as a husband, as a leader and the imperfect person that I am in so many ways, it reminds me why and how I should be rising above certain situations, rising above conflict, rising above uh, being the guy in the middle of the gossip, being rising above uh, the things at work that uh, need someone to be decisive. It's, it causes me and it connects to me in a way that creates this desire, not just because it's my quote unquote role or my pay grade to go behave like this. It, it's in, ingrained in me as a person to rise above and spirituality is a root of how I connect those dots with that self-expectation of myself. And, yep. and it's, it's just so important about being grounded. You, you make good decisions. You, you tend to do things better when you approach things with this, this level grounded playing field that you operate from because you're not uh, being rash. You're not uh, just slinging stuff against the wall, hoping for the best. You are practicing, in my case, through faith and spirituality, the teachings, the takeaways, the stories, the lessons in Proverbs, that all of those wise things that if you inject into your mind on a regular basis begins to transform who you are, how you think, and how you interact with others. And to me, that is a key reason why I view spirituality the way I do. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. I, I mean, I, certainly our Christian faith does, and I, and, I, and I can speak somewhat intelligently about some of the other faiths as well, but I believe for the most part, all of them, they really, really raise the bar. They have a really, really high standard of behavior and character within a person and so forth. And and so again, if, if we kind of go back to that presenting the best possible version of yourself, well, you know, again, my faith has a really high bar for personal behavior and personal character. Uh, and so if I can achieve that standard, if I can, if I can even come close to achieving that standard, then I know I'm presenting the best possible version of myself when I do that. Um, let's talk about a little bit about tips on spiritual health, right? What, what are the, some of the things that, that we see? What are some of the things that we do as it relates to, you know, maintaining a, 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 a health in our spirituality? And I think the first thing that I would say here is, um, to me, as it relates to a faith or a spirituality or a religion, it's not just enough to know it. You need to practice it, right? If you're going to, you know, be spiritually healthy, you have to practice that faith. And that sounds simple, but oftentimes that is so difficult. You know, knowing the Christian faith is just a matter of 
studying it, right? Studying the Bible, uh, studying other literature around the Bible and, and all. That's knowing the faith. What is, what is, you know, real spiritual health is then putting what you learn in that faith to practice, actually doing it, right? It, it almost goes back to the, the physical self-care, right? Well, I can't be physically, um, physically fit if I just learn exercises, right? Uh, yeah, I can go and, and search the internet and read books on the best exercises for a man my age. But if all I do is know those exercises, it does me no good whatsoever. I have to actually go and do those exercises. Same thing applies here for spirituality and faith, religion. You've got to practice it. You can't just know it. Yeah. And and what does that look like? Right. So for me, practicing faith is, I'll, you know, self-acknowledged here. I need to go to church more. You know, I'm not as quote unquote religious about going to church as I need to be. It's more around holidays and things like that. I know that I'm, I'm imperfect, right? So, um, I need to do a better job of that, but that doesn't mean I don't have faith. It doesn't mean I don't believe strongly. It just means that from your point, practicing it, I've got to get better at practicing some of those things. And that's one aspect of practice in it, right? You can practice it without going to church, but I need to, I need to be more um, literal with some of my practices. And, and, and here's something that, uh, you know, you know, I'm going to do it, right? You know, what's coming. You've got a zig quote. I do. I do. I have a zig quote <laughs> and, and I've just got to get this in because it's so relevant. He says, I, I know that there is a God and it ain't me. Uh, and it ain't you either and it ain't you either so that's what zig says and uh and but but i know there is one yeah you know i mean there are pictures and books and things you know i don't know i don't know anybody that really knows what he looks like other than i've maybe what's on some of the walls i've seen right right but 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 I know he's there and I know that when my last breath on this earth is taken, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can between now and then to make sure I'm in a good place. Right. And, uh, and how do you do that? Well, you do that by first recognizing that there is a God, right? For me, that's me. You know, there is a God and I know that I am too complex of a organism with too many, uh, when you think about the human brain, the human body, I am too complex to come from a rock. Yeah. Million, billions yeah. of years ago that got rained on for billions of years. And all of a sudden I'm a human being. No, I don't believe that for one second. Personally, I didn't come from a rock. I was created. I was created in an image mm-hmm. and it's a very complex image. It is, my belief is that we were created so complex that no one, although they do, no one could ever argue or debate that we weren't created because we are so complex as human beings. And you just don't get this intricacy no, out of a rock, chaos, yeah, yeah. out of a volcano didn't 
you know, it wasn't a bang, you know, well, people can believe what they want to believe. I'm more of a creationist, uh, mm -hmm. Christian than a, uh, I'm more of a, of a, of a young earth guy that I am of believing trillions of years have passed. And all of a sudden right. things banged together, created this rained on rocks. And here we are. I mean, I'm just, I, I, you know, I think chance can happen, but I don't think that's got one chance of happening in my opinion. Agreed. So I'm a complex uh, person. We all are. This is the nature of uh, human life and it just can't be in my mind there's zero chance that it could be coincidence that we are walking the face of this earth today and and the way that we the way we are and the way we think and operate and, th and that's the way i think about it but you know practicing faith uh, one thing i love to do is is i don't read the bible as much as i listen to the bible I yeah, prefer yeah. that method. Um, yeah. And I mentioned it before, dailyaudiobible.com. I listen to, to Brian Harden. It's a free, it's a free podcast. It doesn't cost a penny. Um, and it's the most soothing, inspirational word of God that I've heard anywhere. And I've got a lot of Bible versions on my, on my phone, different, different versions of, uh, of uh, uh, readings. But I, I find so much peace in that. And I'd highly recommend that. And if if you're not a spiritual person, you know, we can still be friends. It's OK. Absolutely. We can still yes. be friends. But I would say if you're looking for hope and inspiration in life and you don't necessarily have to believe, but that, you know, just like you would go listen to a good book. You know, hey, there, here's a good book. Here's a book about Mark Twain. Here's a book about, you know, what here's a, you know, think and grow rich. Go, go read Napoleon Hill. Go read, you know, here are all these books. Here's a book. It's called the Bible. Right. And in the Bible, I find so much comfort and enjoyment out of the stories in the Bible. Yeah. And being a believer doesn't necessarily take away or add to those stories. Those stories are good stories. It's the best novel ever written, but it's real. It's fact, in my opinion. Right. And I, I take it literally true. I don't I don't look at the Bible as a well, it's kind of a smoke and mirrors depiction of maybe another, you know, uh, way of explain. No, I take the Bible as literally true. And right. that's me. Right. I believe there was a flood you know, just six thousand years ago. I believe that there were, uh, you know, Noah and his sons and their wives and and two animals. And well, how could you do that? Well, you know, they were babies. They were kinds. They weren't literal every single animal. They were kinds of animals, you know, wolves right. become right. dogs and become, you know, so you can find if you're looking for something, you can find it in the way you think about it. But if you're looking at it to discount it or disbelieve it, you can absolutely do that, too. So sure. inspiration, hope, truth. It brings a certain level of calm and stability to my life and grounds me in a way that helps me serve others at a higher level and lead others at a level that uh, I believe is successful and can take the organization to another level. And that's the, that's what I get from it in, in total. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and I totally get the listening to the Bible. I mean, I'm a huge, uh, you know, uh, audible fan. I mean, books in general, I like to listen to just because I know I can do that in the midst of doing other things. And I, I certainly love to listen to the Bible as well. Uh, reading 
uh, of the Bible uh, is a part of my, I've talked about my morning routine um, on a number of these episodes related to self-care. And, and there's two elements of my morning routine. There's the reading and, and oftentimes the writing also of my morning routine that involves the Bible and involves, you know, my spiritual self-care, my spiritual health. Um, I read the proverb. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs in the, in the Bible. And so I read the proverb that is associated with the date of the month, right? So on the, on the fifth of the month, I'm going to read Proverbs five. And the reason I do that is just because the book of Proverbs in particular is full of wisdom. Uh, and so who doesn't want wisdom in, in their life and in their day and so forth. And so that's always a part of my reading, but then also my writing, um, I, I write, I, I journal, a kind of personal journal uh, in my writing. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes those writings are in the form of, in the Christian faith, what we would call a prayer. So it's almost as if I'm writing a letter to God. Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling. And I'm, I'm writing this, this letter, if you will, to God. I'm, I'm even asking him questions at times in, in my journaling, in my writing. Uh, and so those are just some, some tips that I have around, uh, you know, practicing spiritual health or spiritual self-care. But again, it's about practicing it. You got to actually do it, whether you, whether you're writing it or reading it or learning it, however you're doing it. To me, the biggest tip is then to practice it. So, so again, I, I think I used this analogy earlier. Someone in my team, someone in my office offends me in some way. Maybe they did it intentionally. Maybe they didn't do it intentionally, but they offended me in some way. And I think to myself, should I forgive that person and move on? Well, my faith, if I, if I learn it very well and read my Bible at all, it's going to tell me, yes, you forgive that person. But I would submit that I'm not very spiritually healthy until I actually then go and do that. I've learned, I, I've, I've read that I should do that. But I'm not really spiritually healthy until I actually go and practice that and do that. So putting that into faith. So whatever your, your faith is, your religion is, uh, your relationship with God is, whatever your spirituality is, however you phrase it, just be sure that you put it into practice so that you can be spiritually healthy. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, before we get behind the scenes, I'll end it with one more Zig Ziglar quote because I'm bringing two to the table today, my friend. Two. He was a spiritually healthy guy. He was. He was Zig was awesome. And if you don't know who Zig Ziglar out is out there, then what rock have you been under? Number one. And number two, go buy some Zig Ziglar stuff and start talk about wisdom. This guy's full of wisdom. So here's what he said. And I think about this and I read this probably 25 years ago and it just sticks into my head and I can't forget the quote. It's um, he, he said in, in his book over the top, he said, uh, whose boy are you? Whose girl are you? The family resemblance is unmistakable. You are a child of God. And I cannot forget that quote. Uh, and it, what it does for me is it reminds me that I am so imperfect and so small in the picture of everything that happens in life and 
it reminds me to take advantage of the impact that I can have as a leader. It reminds me to not try to solve world hunger, but to try to use what I can for good in the world, for a positive influence in the world, and to remind myself that there is hope, that there is a better day coming, and God willing, uh, I'm going to stay on the right path and find myself in paradise someday. So um, I'm not in any hurry to get there, but when the day comes, the day will come and it comes for all of us. Make sure you're ready for when that day does come. And that's what I'll say on that. Excellent. Well, let's, let's uh, spiritual self-care. I think we've convinced our audience of what it is, why it's important and giving some tips. So let's, how about let's jump behind the scenes, Stephen, what you got going on behind the scenes in your business? Man, I tell you, I've been, uh, I've had a pretty busy week. As you know, like I've, I've talked about the last couple of weeks, I've been working on this uh, niche website for Army Promotion Points. If you want to check out what I'm doing, you want to see what I'm doing over there, go to armypromotionpoint.com, not points, but point.com. And you can see kind of the pages I'm building, the story brand model that I'm I've put into place. And as I begin to uh, really ramp up my my email uh, list generation and things, I'm up to 20. I don't know. What did I, what did I show you earlier? It's 21 or 25 or yeah, 25, 25 folks on my email list. I'm starting to see uh, more regular daily engagement there where I'm getting one or two a day now. I, sometimes I miss, but like today I've had three already, which is, you know, my, my world, that's a big day. And, right. and, um, you know, so I'm seeing better traction there. I've built out my convert kit, which is my email responder tool. I've built out probably 15 emails in my sequence that are beginning to, again, get these folks on my website by, by adding, by providing value, which is in the form of a blueprint that helps them understand and, and begin to unpack uh, army promotion points and how to get promoted. And then as they get onto my email sequence from that point on, I have these 15 emails or so that go out every day, one per day that just adds value, that gives them a little nugget, gives them a little tip of something maybe they didn't know. Maybe they do know it, but maybe it's a reinforcement for them. And, and, and I, I use that to build no like, and trust, to build confidence, to build authority in the space. And I tell my story. And then through that, about email number five or so, I begin to provide a little soft sell on a, on a book that I'm, I'm writing. And I have the, uh, this is the hard copy of my old book, book from days gone by. I'm holding it up in front of the camera for Michael, but right. I'm going to rewrite that. And like I've mentioned before, I'm not going to go begin that project until I have some validation through some pre-sales. So th this email sequence begins to softly uh, remind people or, or show people, tell people that I am launching a new book and uh, that gets them over to the checkout page. It's a base, it's a $5 deal. I'll sell it for 20. I'm giving it early for five just to get some validation, get a couple people going. And that'll be the trigger for me to go actually make the changes to the book and get it done. So doing that, I'm also framing out a course that, you know, I don't know when I'm going to actually get that done, but I'd like to get it framed out so I can at least start pre-selling it. And I think the more, Michael, that I think about uh, online marketing and digital marketing, uh, the more I, I'm, this would be different than six months ago, I would have told you, but I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards this whole validate before you build model, yep. which my old thinking would have been 
go build a course, go do all this stuff and then stick it out there and then crickets. Right. Right. Let's go not waste that time, energy, effort and all of these things where you could be doing other things in your business. Go spend time figuring out that this is what people want. Pre-sell it, get a couple sales, get some buy-in, maybe ask some questions if you can. And then you'll have, then you'll have a product that you know is, is much more viable. And that's what I'm doing. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, within this sequence of emails, try to pitch and, and at the back end, try to do a harder sell on getting, getting people to consider enrolling into a, into a future online course. It could be a couple months down the road potentially. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. This niche business that I'm pursuing, I find a lot of, a lot of, um, I don't know, excitement and passion in it because I'm a doer. I like to do things. I like to work in the business, make the sausage and see the results. And I'm getting a lot of personal satisfaction out of building this structure and process and marketing sequence and things. And, and Lord forbid uh, that I ever stumble on the right formula through all of, because I'm going to go rinse and repeat my friend i don't know absolutely next one could be on balloon animals i have no idea what the next business is going to be but i got to figure this one out first and that's what i've been working on what about you yeah yeah no i I totally get what you're doing and and in fact we are i think behind the scenes we're we're in very similar places um as well i've talked about on here before uh the teamwork course last week i think i talked about building out a teamwork course uh that's uh intended to help people to uh, build better teamwork within their team. And I've talked before that also in, at the, uh, on the front end of a, of a, uh, of a funnel, I've got a quiz where I'm getting people on my email list and things like that. And that quiz has been doing really, really well. Uh, and I've got a, a you know, a course uh, that's going to be at the end of that funnel but what I'm discovering is at the moment, the middle of my funnel is a bit flawed. Right now, what happens is someone takes my quiz and at the end of that quiz, it tells them the enemy that their team is struggling with, right? I, I consider there to be four enemies of teamwork and this quiz identifies for them and explains for them the enemy that their team is struggling with the most. And then every uh, result of that quiz, it has a it has a button, it has a link that that they can click on and go to a video where I recorded some some really good content that will enable them to go and and begin to defeat that enemy of teamwork and and build better teamwork. What I'm recognizing in my funnel is that people are stopping at the results of the quiz. They're not actually clicking that button that gets them then to the video that gives them a lot of the, you know, the important content around well, how do you build better teamwork? Uh, and so I've got to revamp that part of my funnel and that revamping of that is going to be changing it up such that it's not just a, the, the button at the, the quiz results and the videos, they will stay in place, but I've got to revamp the middle of my funnel so that it includes a lot more of delivering that content via email. Exact same thing that you were talking about you're doing as well. I've got to get that content. I've got to bring that value to people that's taken the course. And if, if I'm not going to be able to give it to them via a button click and a video, then I need to try to get that, that uh, value to them in some way. And so I've got to build out some more of that email sequencing 
that's necessary to get that information to them and, and kind of complete that funnel that hopefully then arrives at a teamwork course that they'll take. Yeah. I really been working on. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. I really like the videos that you've made for each one of the enemies. And I think they're very insightful. Did you ever go back and scrub out the uh, beginning part where you were going to take that and put it on a separate video or are, you st- are they still in there? No, they're still in there. They're still in there as is. I haven't made any of those changes. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen the need to either yeah. because, like I said, I mean, they're it's getting crickets right now. They, yeah. They're stopping at that at the end of the uh, the quiz, at the end of the quiz, and not. Eat. So you're getting their email address. Yes. To take the quiz, they need to provide the email address, but they're just Correct. not. You're not getting the views on your analytics on the videos. Correct. Which is odd because if I if I did the quiz, do you think well, they think it's, you think they see it's a 28 minute video and they like check out? Well, no, because they're not even getting to the page. The analytics are are suggesting they're not even getting to the page. You know, I think, I think what it amounts to is just that, that curiosity, right? You see the opening of a quiz. Oh, well, I wonder about my team. Click, 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 click. And okay, I'm done. Right. Oh, okay. I see. Now I understand. and, And so I'm done. Um, but again, there's, there's a lot of great content and value to bring to individuals. Yeah. And, and, you know, if I can't bring it to them via a click and a video watch, well, I'll get it to them via email. But you know what you can do is, is one of the things is when you get your, your, um, uh, convert kit sequence set up and you can provide them that video again in the emails, right? Of course. Yeah. Here yes. you yeah, can I either mean, embed I, it or link it. Plan, yeah. My plan is to kind of break the content up into multiple emails. And, and again, if they just read the email, they're going to get the content. Yeah. But, in my email, I'll certainly say, oh, and here's a video version, essentially, of everything that I'm I'm sharing with you here. It is me teaching it on video. So uh, I'll certainly yeah. offer up those video links for sure. Do you have the book or have you read? I, I'm sure I mentioned this to you before. I have it over in my desk here. Uh, Expert Secrets. Uh, no, I've heard of the book, but I have yeah. not. Russell uh, Brunson from ClickFunnels. Yep. yep. Um, so Russell Brunson, Expert Secrets. He's got a series. One's called his newest one out. It's called Traffic Secrets. Um, yep. uh, but he's he's the the, the ClickFunnels you know CEO. Yep. Uh, so he's trying to get you in his product, which is a good product. I just prefer Kajabi. Um, but Expert Secrets is a book about building courses and funnels. That's what the book is. It's about yep. building courses, how to stack offers, how to how to provide value. Um, so that's a great book. And here's here's a tip for people out there. If you're interested in building a course, um, you can go to and I listened to this podcast. I was actually on a webinar and I mentioned this guy before. Um, uh, Jacques Hopkins from the online course show a podcast. It's an excellent podcast for those who either have courses, want to build a course, thinking about building a course. Um, so I was on a webinar, a live webinar he did yesterday. Was it yesterday? Uh, yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, and I have the replay actually. It, it's, it's, he's selling, you know, his normal stuff, but you can go, you can go to his website, the online course You can go, uh, and enroll in his online course accelerator program. And it's, mm-hmm. it used to be nine ninety seven, um, and he had 40 people enroll at nine ninety seven. but he offers that free now. So all you need to do is, is go order a order expert secrets from through his affiliate link. 
You, mm-hmm. you, you go, it takes you to ClickFunnels. You buy the book. It's $7.95 for the book. And uh, I think it's, that includes shipping, shipping and everything. So it's less than 10 bucks. You get that. It goes to his, um, his virtual assistant, Emily. Emily, uh, she gets notified every day on who's bought the book through his link. She grants you access to his online course about, uh, it's called the Online Course Accelerator. He walks through, he walks through building the course out and he walks through funnels, the funnel, how to think about the funnel for the right. course. Because if you think about every course, and this is very applicable for me right now, and I think for you as well, is there's, and, and what he preaches, there's, there's three aspects, there's four aspects to a course, right? There's, there's, um, uh, there's, there's traffic, uh, there's a funnel, uh, and there's the course, and then the fourth piece is student success and testimonials. Yeah. Right. Being the most critical. You, you've got to you've got to have a course that is valuable, that offers value, that yeah, creates student success yep. and creates testimonials, which then feed back into more traffic and back into your funnel. And it's kind of it's kind of a Tesla. Right. It just kind of regenerates and and kind of gives you a little juice uh, just from that momentum there, but you got to charge it either with like what you're doing with Facebook ads and yep. you know, me, Google AdWords and, or organic blogs and driving organic traffic as well. But th- those are the aspects. And if, and if you expert secrets, less than $10 free into his course and, and what's in it for him, he's trying to get you to sign up for an affiliate to his click funnels, an affiliate to Bonjuro an affiliate to deadline funnels tools that he uses and believes in. Um, right. And that's how he keeps the longer term revenue stream on this aspect of his business. Uh, sure. So it's, yeah. it's really great. I would check that out. Um, Man, and that's good. That's good suggestions. Yeah. It's good, go good, inexpensive way to get a book. That's a great book that um, it's going to get you all these extra things for no additional cost. And this guy knows what he's doing. He's built a piano in 21 days yeah. course. Yep. He's done over 1.7 million in sales. Uh, he's had the last two months over 130 K each month in sales. Um, the guy knows what he's doing. He's a guy like us. He's just a normal guy. Uh, got a wife, two kids and, uh, just doing his thing, man. And loves, loves sharing. He's he, speaking of spirituality. This guy's a man of faith. Uh, he plays in his church, uh, band and, um, just a great guy. So check that out awesome. and that'll give you a kind of multiple bangs for your buck. But I love what you're doing. Yeah. I love the mastermind that we in you and I are uh, got vastly different topics right now with army promotion points and, and things, but we have the same challenges, right? We need traffic. We need a better funnel and we need uh, to have a good course that people find value in. And then we've got to get success and we've got to get people to rave and tell other people that they like it. It's going to then feed that, um, back in. So that to me is kind of, if we just had a dial or a button, man, we could go push it and we'd be done with that. Well, if, if it was that easy, that's right. Be doing it. You know, well, what, Hey, once you and I figure it out, <laughs> rinse and repeat, my friend, that's, that is correct. We're called that, that printing correct. money. <laughs> yeah, do, do more of what's working that is, yeah and, and the thing is i love it i love the sir i love serving people i love seeing yes. their faces light up when when you when you share a tip or an insight then did you see the lights go on i'm like wow to me yes that's awesome that's awesome and if you want to give me a a few dollars uh, for that i'll take that too and life can be good for everybody 
Totally agree. What do you think? You want to energizes me? Anything else before we button this thing up? No, I think not. Let's carry it home. Let's do it, man. Go for it. All right. So your call to action, I guess, from a leadership standpoint today is just, you you know, find your spirituality or your faith or your religion or your relationship with God, whatever, however you define that. Find that and and just incorporate that into your self-care and become spiritually healthy again so that you can present the very best version of yourself as a leader. Uh, For us here on the podcast, your call to action, head over to leaderpreneurshow.com. That's where you'll find the show notes for this particular episode. This is episode number 38. So head over to leaderpreneurshow.com. You'll find the show notes for today's podcast episode there. For everything that is Stephen Faust, his army promotion points and everything else, head over to stephenfaust.com. And as always, you can find me and everything I'm doing there at credibleleaders.com as well. Until Stephen and I speak with you again next week, be blessed and lead well.